burn into action. I'll tell you what, when you're standing on this platform and the bass is playing, it, the vibrations, you know, if I stand here long enough, can I lose weight? I'm so glad you're here this morning. You're going to be glad you're here this morning. I, I just preach. But, uh, if we haven't met yet, my name is Joel. I'm one of the pastors here. I love, I, I love saying that. And I'm a poor substitute this, uh, this morning for our, our lead pastor, Pastor Justin. I love learning from him. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm a premonition of what he's going to look like in 40 years. <laughs> he's only going to be about five, six. I, I used to be six feet, but the weight of ministry just kind of, you know. <laughs> Here's what we're going to talk about this morning, something super important um, that churches don't talk about very often. Um, and, and we know it's super important because this is the last commandment and commission that Christ gave to his disciples when he was on this earth. It's in Matthew 28. Most of you know this verse, uh, but you haven't considered it personally yet. Look at what it says. Go and make disciples of all nations. By the way, the, the Greek there is as you're going. I, the normal way of life is going. It's not staying. It's going to, through regular life. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, knowing how important that was, that that would be his last command and commission to us, let me ask you, I'm going to get all up in your grill here this morning. Do I know how to make a disciple? Ask yourself that question. Do I know how to make a disciple? If I, unless I miss my guess, 95 of you are going to say, not sure. Don't, I don't know. But shouldn't we? I mean, that was important to Jesus. Do I have the confidence to explain Christianity to my kids or my grandkids when they come with, with questions about the faith? Do I have confidence that I, that I can answer them or my friends or anyone in any conversation that brings up any kind of God thing? Do I have the confidence to speak into that and represent the Lord well? Again, 95% of you say, no, don't, don't know. I, I, I'm not sure I do. So here's what we're going to do as a church. We're going to go to the, from the first mile of Christianity to the second mile. Uh, of Christianity, um, and and it's it's because because it says in Scripture, it says in Hebrews uh, five twelve, it says you have been believers for so long now. Now some of you are brand new, okay? It's you wouldn't be expected to know, but there are a lot of people who've been going to church for years, and they're still re just receiving more truth, just re just learn. You've been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others instead of needing someone to teach you. Let me, let me, let me go on, on a little bit from there because this is the rest of that. Um, it says, um, um, in, instead of teaching you the, the elementary uh, truths of God's word all over again, you need milk and not solid food. Um, uh, still being an infant um, not acquainted with teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature. Now, let me give you this picture. Uh, this is, have you ever seen little, little uh, baby birds in the nest? 
waiting for what their mama has for them, you know? They're just kind of cute and ugly at the same time, aren't they? It's kind of like attractive and repulsive at the same time. And, and, and they're just waiting, and here's what they're doing. Do you know, I don't mean to be insulting here, but that's what a lot of the church is. Pastor, I don't know anything. Just come, give me something here. I, I, I can't, give me, give me something. What do you got? Do you know how a mama eagle teaches her babies to fly when it's time for them to fly? She doesn't go to the nest. She has a little piece of meat in her mouth, and she'll go to some place close to nest where, where they can see it. But they got to fly to get it. All right? Now, how is God going to get us to fly? Because we're old enough now. We're old enough now. He's going to give us something we're going to have to put some effort into to get. You know, it's not just coming to the nest anymore. It's going to, and, and, and I'm going to tell you about a, a 530 discipleship ministry training class we're going to have on an ongoing basis. I'm going to teach most of them. But, but here, and those of you who are in Sanford and, and, and Oviedo and online, make the flight, okay? Because the meat is here. And we're going to get you the meat because you're mature. And you should be able to do these things that we've been talking about. There's a difference between first mile and second mile Christianity. Matthew 5.41 says this. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Now, I've got to tell you, this is a metaphor. And it, and it, and it literally means um, go the extra mile with someone because you've made an effort to do better than their expectations. You know, the world has very minimal expectations of, of Christians. As a matter of fact, it has very low expectations of Christians. But there's a difference between the first stages and the second. You can't get to the second mile unless you go to the first. But let me just show you a few of those differences. Um, there's a, there's a, a, a chart here. Uh, the first mile, we're just looking to love God more, you know? The second one, we're focusing on loving our neighbor better. Uh, the first one, we're talking about understanding who we are in Christ and the Holy Spirit. You know, when you become a Christian, you have a new identity. I know I hear everybody about, you know, I identify as. You know, you identify as Jesus Christ. That's, what, that's who you are, okay? You have a new identity. And we're always learning more about what that identity is. But when we, when we, part of that is actually getting to listen to people for who they are, so that we can um, uh, love them in a way that makes them want to know where we're coming from. It says, the first part is being more like Jesus. The other is helping others toward Jesus. The first one is, first mile is reaching others for Christ. The second mile is helping others lead their relationships toward Christ. Now, let me interrupt this and say, 2 Timothy 2.2 says, if you learn how to make disciples, you can also teach them how to make disciples. It's important that you're able to answer the kids, the, 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 the questions your kids have. What's even more important is that they can answer their friends' questions and represent. St. Timothy 2.2 says this, and these truths that I have given to you in front of many witnesses Entrust to faithful people that they 
might teach others also. That's four generations right there. Paul to Timothy, Timothy to faithful people, and faithful people to somebody else. So making disciples that can make disciples is the ultimate in maturity. Let's go back to the chart. Um, um, just, a, just a couple more. I'll, I'll do more of this teaching, more of these differences uh, or, or additions. Um, serving in the church, super important. 1 Corinthians 12, um, all of you have been given different gifts to build up the body. But serving God in the world in ways non-Christians appreciate is the front porch of evangelism. Okay, and, and the, the last one is just overcoming trials and tribulations. But, and, and the second mile, redeeming horrible events for heavenly benefits. See, God allows those things not so that we could just persevere in suffering, but so that we can add something to the world that would never be added unless we had gone through them. There's a redeeming purpose. So anyhow, you can uh, take that away. We'll, we'll say more about that later on. But in order to do this, in order to do this, all of us need just a few things, all right? First of all, believe it or not, we need permission. Do you know all of us have insecurities? I've got insecurities. you got insecurities. All God's children got insecurities. And, and not many of us take on ourselves the authority to be a teacher until someone else says, now you're a teacher. Now you can go. And we're sent from somebody who we respect. And so that's going to require some, some, another voice in your life that you have right now or you would have been doing this right now. Let me tell you a story. When I was a kid... Um, we used to take uh, vacations in the Upper Peninsula, my family and I, and, and, uh, um, and it was a rustic place. Cabins, old wooden boats with, with dead worms floating in them. The best thing a kid, a, a boy ever thought. You know, just, we, our, our, our recreation was to go to the dump and wait for bears to come out. Um, so anyhow, um, and back in that day, you didn't just go as a nuclear family. You, you went with extended family. So my, my grandparents usually went and so on and so forth. So anyhow, so this year my, was the first year my stepdad went. My father died when I was four. Years later, my mother married this really nice man, nice Catholic man, um, just the sweetest guy. Uh, he lived with his mother and a cat until he was 40 years old. So you can just kind of get the, you know, and, and, and so, and, and it was, you know, he came into our family, and, and my sister, who has always been perfect, still is, always colored in the lines, always a high achiever, always sweet, you know, and then there was me, you know, swinging from the chandeliers, and uh, he, poor guy, I just, he never had a chance. So anyhow, all the way up there, I'm saying, Dad, can I run the boat? Can I run the boat? Can I run the boat? I mean, that's the greatest thing, a young boy. Just, can I run the boat? And so we get up there, he, we get in the boat, he positions us, mom is in the bow and Michelle and, and I are on, in the middle seat and he's runs in, you know, running the, and, and goes out uh, into the middle of the lake, no, no boats around. So he looks up, he says, Joey, I want you to get up very slowly. And I want you to come very slowly and just sit down beside me. Not yet. 
when you come, I want you to put your hand on top of mine. See, he's got his hand on the outboard motor thing that, you know, you can sweat. And you he said, I want you to put your hand on top of mine, and then I will slowly re remove mine, and you can run the boat. But I don't want you to change anything. I don't want you to jerk it. I don't want you to make it go fast. I just want you. So anyhow, I go there very slowly, put my hand on top of his, he removes his. I got my hand on the motor. Ten seconds later, he goes, okay, that's enough. I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness. Well, you don't say anything. You don't say, what a huge disappointment, you know, because he's an adult. You never said that to an adult. So I went back, and, I, and, I'm, and my, I'm going up to the cabins, and my grandfather is sitting there. And he knows exactly what has happened because he knows me, and he knows my dad. He knew exactly. He said, Joey, come up here. So I went up and I sat down, sat down beside him, bottom lip kind of sticking out. He said, Joey, he said, you see that island out there? And there was this island in the middle of the lake. This is rustic. This hasn't got population. I said, yeah. He said, now, I've been wondering about that island. He said, I'd like to go explore that island, but I can't because I've got a weak ticker, you know. He said, but I bet on that island there are poison berries that could kill an elephant. I bet on that island there are snakes. I bet on that island there are bears. I bet on that there might even be Indians. And I've had my hair stand up. He said, if I only knew someone who would explore that for me, I popped up. I said, Pop, I can explore to you. I can explore for you. I, but I haven't got a boat. And he said, will you take my boat? And, and before he even had the word out of his mouth, I was down in his boat, speeding toward that island. And the closer I got to the island, the more I was thinking, did he say bear? Did he say Indian? You know, but I couldn't turn back because I had been sent by my grandfather. And every day I would bring back things from that island, you know, dead squirrels. He was a veterinarian, you know. He couldn't bring them back to life, but he could tell me how they operated. You know, berries that could kill an elephant. And all of that, because, because my grandfather had sent me. That was a moment that an authority figure gave me the authority to go out, be sent out, and to explore the world and be scared and do it anyhow. Every one of us needs a voice like that in our life that says, I know you don't think you can do it, but you're all I got. And so I'm sending you. So we need permission. We need practical application. Practical application. See, what we learn in here every week is wonderful. It helps us appreciate God more. It helps us draw closer to him as he really is. It helps our love be accurate. But that doesn't mean when you get in a conversation, you can repeat it. Or you can, you can take it from there. It doesn't. You've got to be trained. All of us have to be trained for practical application. The first time I ever went to the prom, I was 15 years old. I had just gotten my driver's permit. And I was dating an older woman. <clears throat> she was 16. And... Uh, <laughs> It's, you know, I'm just, uh, that adventure thing, you know. It's a, and so, but she had this dad that just was fearsome looking to me. I mean, the guy looked like, none, none of you are old enough to remember Ray Nitschke uh, from, the, from the Green Bay Packers, but he looked like a middle linebacker, bold, and, and just looked 
fierce, you know? And so, and so his daughter went to him and said, Daddy, because she was his princess. Daddy, can we have the car to go to the prom, you know? And I, and, and I thought, well, you know, if she's got her license, then I can drive. And he looked at me, and he said, do you know how to drive a stick? Well, you never ask a guy if he knows how to do something. The answer will always be, of course, <laughs> sure. I mean, we're thinking to ourselves, I'll figure it out, you know? So I looked at him, I said, sure. I'd never driven a stick in my life. I looked at him, I said, sure. He reached in his pockets, got out the car keys, tossed them to me and said, let's take a ride. I got in that, it was a little Volkswagen, little stick, you know, H, you know. I got in that Volkswagen, pouring sweat, because I didn't, I couldn't say, I lied, you know. Because if you, if, you if you say, to the, I lied to, your, to, to her father, you won't be going to the prom at all. So I, so I, I somehow, by the grace of God, I, I, I got out in first gear, and it was going a little bit, and it had installed, and then now I knew second, you know, I knew where second was, and I was content to stay in second. <laughs> and, and he finally looked at me and said, do you, you know this has got more two gears, right? And that's, so I, so I, I chanced third somehow, again, by the grace of God, landed in third. Well, there's this, like, one hill in Shelby, and it's got a stoplight at the top of it. Yeah, you know where I'm going. You just go there without me because that's it's exactly where I'm going to end up. And I'm praying for a green light, you know. And sure enough, you know, the God of justice <laughs> paying me back for lying. I have to come to a turns red, come to a stop. Now watch this. A car, not only was that bad enough, thinking, how am I going? I'm on an incline. How am I going to do this without stalling? A car comes up behind us and stops about a foot behind our car. Honest to goodness, I cannot remember what happened after that. I can't, literally. I only know that when we went to the prom, she drove. That's all, that's all I can report. But the point is this. That just having the knowledge doesn't know you will be able to apply it when needed. You know? I mean, here we are. We get, we get all kinds of knowledge every week. You know? It doesn't mean that when we get in a conversation with our kids or our friends or people who don't believe, we'll, we're going to know how to apply that. You've, we all have to be trained for that. And it's an ongoing training. Where, when You remember when Jesus sent folks out? They could come back and they could ask questions. And they could say, this didn't work. What do we do now? That's what we need. And that's what we're going to have here at Action. And so it's important that we not only have permission, not only have practical application for on and, and ongoing training, but it's important that we're able to, um, to do more than have an experience that carries us through the week. I love our worship services. I mean, I, the first time we ever came here, I was a pastor for years and years, and, and after I transitioned from that congregation, went to lots of little, uh, or, or other congregations that I'd always wanted to go. Loved what God is doing. God is in every church. 
I'm, I'm so encouraged at the, at the wonderful churches we have in this area. But when we came here, I looked at Beck, and Beck said, this is it. This is, this is our home. I love this, and I love the worship, but I got to tell you, it's not enough for what God needs from me, and it's not enough for what God needs from you. There's, there's, there's a, when we first got to Florida, we, uh, we got our kids down here by saying, look, you can go to Disney all the time. You know, we'll be right near Disney, you know, and, and uh, we got here, and, and of course, we didn't have the money to go to Disney. That's very expensive. So we scraped all our money together one day and, and went to the zoo. Now, 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 Becky's a biologist, so the zoo is an educational trip, you know, for her. I mean, she can name all the animals and what they do, and, it, and it's just, it's very cool, very cool. But here we are, standing in front of the, of, the, of the cage of a sloth. And, of course, at the zoo, when you go, animals don't care you're there. They're just going to sleep. That's what animals do. If they're not eating, they're sleeping, you know? And so here's this three-toed sloth curled up, and all we can see is the sloth's hiney. That's it. That's the display. Out of the corner of my eye, I see this. Weekend dad. Now, I, I gotta, before I go into this, let me tell you, God works with whatever he has. And God bless you if you're a part-time parent. God will cover that. He's got you. Because he loves those kids more than you do. But this guy was desperate to show his little girl a good time. And he went up to this sloth and he says, oh, let's take a picture with the sloth. And I'm thinking, how desperate you got to be to take a picture of your daughter and the hiney of a sloth. I mean, it reminds me of people who just go to church and, and, and they want these, everybody to have such a wonderful experience that that makes up for all the times that they really needed an answer and they didn't have an answer. It won't cut it. It won't cut it because God has more available for us. And this church is going to have more available for us because, as I said, it's important that we, that we have ongoing training in a place where we can get personal, where we can actually um, come back with questions of stuff that did work and didn't work. You know, you know, I don't have to tell you. This world today is different than anything I had ever anticipated in my life. I mean, it is redefining things we thought would never be We thought they would just be evident to everybody, and they're not evident to everybody anymore. And so how do we represent the God who so loved the world so much that we have helpful conversations and not judgmental or condemning, but we can represent that God who died for them well, that takes training. And that takes conversation, equipping. And so, and so it's, it's important to understand that, that this is what all of us need. And, and, on, and on Sunday nights, 530, here, Sanford, Oviedo, come get to meet. Okay? Uh, online, come get to meet. It's just a short trip from where you are. Come get to meet. They're not going to be, it's not going to be, uh, the, this pilot one is not going to be uh, live streamed. Um, so we need to be in the room. We need to have this conversation. Uh, there will be child care available. Uh, so, so but, but here's what's just 
super important for all of us. Remember I mentioned insecurities? I know that there's a number of you saying right now, I would love to be confident in my faith. I would love to be able to have a conversation with anybody, you know, um, and, and represent God well. Um, and even those people who don't believe in the Bible, uh, I'd like to be able to show them why this is reasonable, why it's reasonable to, to believe in the existence of God, why it's reasonable to un- uh, understand uh, who Christ is and how he lived in history and so on. So I'd love to be able to do that. But I got to tell you, I'm, I don't know much. Like, I don't know the Bible. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm so behind the eight ball. <laughs> here's, a good, here's good news. God can and will use anything he starts with, okay? Two things you got to realize. First, it's important for you to do this because your spiritual maturity lies in you transferring it to someone else. You will never be confident just getting and accumulating religious knowledge by yourself. You won't even have that religious knowledge until you try to express it to someone else. God built us like this. It says in, in Jeremiah, it says in Jeremiah uh, 29.7. By the way, this is, this is my role here. I'm the pastor of community benefit. So it's basically a 29.7 uh, ministry. I want for action to benefit the entire area, not just the church but the church to be indispensable in the well-being of this community. And so it says, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you in exile. Is that your world? Not really. You've, you're citizens of heaven. Is that, is that your ruler? Not really. You're citizens in heaven. Do you belong there? Yeah, because that's where God carried us. He carried us into exile. Because he loves them as much as he loves us. He's concerned about them as much as he's concerned about us. But here's, what, here's the kicker. It says, pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6.38. He said, give and it will be given to you. The portion you give will determine the portion you receive in return. The portion you give will be a portion you receive in return. I love somebody who um, goes to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous meetings every day. And the other day we were talking, and he said, you know, I heard something um, in the AA meeting that kind of struck me. I said, what was it? And he said, you know the success rate of going to daily Alcoholics Anonymous meetings is about 30%. Success means long-term sobriety. About 30%. I thought, it's not, it's not a high percentage, but it's, it's a valuable percentage. And then he said, the success rate for those who have sponsors. Now, sponsors are people who are available to others who are coming. And, 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 and they, they help others. Um, and, and, and a sponsor will check up on you all the time. It's kind of an accountability partner. Check up on you and support you and talk through you, whatever, whatever you need to. The success rate of those people who have sponsors, about 
But the success rate of those who become sponsors, 75%. We were built to pour into others. We were built to help others. And so that's what we need to be equipped to do. And it doesn't matter where you're starting from. God uses you just exactly like you are. I don't care how ignorant you feel. You come, we'll train you. Because here's the, here's, here's the question of Jesus. It's in, it's in Matthew chapter 15, verses 33 and 34. He's feeding the 4,000. He's feeding the 4,000, and his disciples said, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? And, says, and Jesus said, well, how many loaves do you have? Do you get that? He'll start with whatever you got. That's, that, Jesus does rest. You just start with what you got, where you are. And in, in, in my childhood, there was, a, there was a guy who lived across the street. His name was Francie Simon. Never forget him. He had a wooden leg. You know, down, he'd, he'd got it taken off in the war. And he had 15 different stories of how that thing got blown off. But, but I never did really. Learn. Anyhow, so that was fascinating to us boys. Just fascinating. We'd go across and say, Fran, Francie, can we play with your leg? And he'd take it off and you know, hand it to us, you know, and just fascinated to us, you know. Well, every once in a while, he'd go in his garage, and he had a workshop in his garage, a little work table in his garage. And he'd, and he'd love to entertain us boys. He'd say, now, boys, I want to show you something here. And he'd take out a bolt, and he'd take out a nut, and he'd oil that thing, and he'd just spin it, and that nut would just come clear off. Now, well, that was fascinating. And, and, and he said, now, boys, I want to tell you. He said, if I was to go down to Ben Franklin, find me a dime, I bet I could sell this for $1.50. Then he looked at it and said, any of you got $1.50? Well, of course we didn't have money. We said, Francie, we don't have any money. And Francie would always say the same thing. Well, what do you have? Well, by that time of day, boys have loaded up their pockets. Stuff they found, valuable stuff. So we'd unload our pockets. And we, we'd have a bottle cap that wasn't too bent, still kind of shiny. And we, we'd have, you know, a, a, a string that did perfectly good shape. Uh, and, 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 and we'd have a, 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 a robin's egg nest. A little crushed from being in the pocket, you know. But you could tell, still tell it was blue, you know. Um, and and we, had, we, we would have a... a Oh gosh, uh, just oh shiny rock. Oh, we we were always collecting those glittering rocks because we were sure they were gold or something. I mean, they glittered. They were really pretty, you know. And a marble here and there. Well, anyhow, so we got all of our stuff out. And he goes, well, I don't need a bottle cap and got string, but that marble is that a cat's eye? Oh yes, we said that's a cat's eye. He'd say, okay, you can give me the marble and a hug, and 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 I'll give you the. Bowl. And so anyhow, we got the boat. We played for it the rest of the afternoon. There wasn't much to do in Shelby, Ohio. We were just a fat. But the point was, he took what we have. He took, what have you got? That's what God wants to ask you. What have you got? Because I'll take it, and I'll make something that will benefit the entire world and fulfill you for your purpose that I have made. All right? So, let's do this. I've often said, and, and it's self-evident, 
you can't get to the second mile if you haven't gone first. We spent a lot of our time trying to um, work out our salvation, those of us who have prayed that prayer, uh, and to grow in Christian fellowship and, and holiness. And, and, but there are some who never have made that commitment. They want to benefit the world. They want God to use them. But without Christ living in your heart, that's not going to happen. You know, we're, we'll, do, we'll do good as good as we can, but it's not going to be transformative. And so I want to give you a chance just to have Christ in your heart. And some of you, let's be honest, you did this a long time ago and you just kind of drifted. And you're not walking with a God anymore. And you need to re-up. You need to re-invite him in. He never went anywhere, but you need to say, God, I, I don't want to live separately from you anymore. I want you to come into my life and make of my life whatever you want and make it of use to you to the benefit of others. So would you close your eyes, bow your heads, and, and, and just, I'm going to ask you, if you would like to have Christ come and live in your heart and remake your life, would you just slip your hand up far enough that I can see? Would you do that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Wonderful. Sanford, Oviedo, online, put them up. Put them up. All right, put them down and let me, let me pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, we love you. We know that when you died on the cross, you paid for our sins too. So the barriers between you and us are taken away. And I ask you, because I haven't been close to you as close as I wanted to be. I have drifted. I have gone uh, away. But I don't want to live separately from you anymore. So I ask you to come in my heart. Whether it's the first time or the first time in a long time, come into my heart and make of my life whatever you want and help me on your behalf through your power and your love to make this world a lot more like heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's celebrate everybody that just made that commitment.